Hello, hello, and welcome to episode two of Soul Work with Trudy Stroud. I am a spiritual development coach and I teach predominantly women to turn their pain and their fear into their purpose and their power. I think in this world of coaching, we see coaches, we see mentors, we see guides, we see teachers. And we wonder sometimes how we can emulate our mentors and our our guides. And the road to healing isn't easy. If you have ever felt like you're in the dark, if you've ever felt depressed, anxious, low, not knowing what your purpose is, you know, purpose tends to be the buzzword that goes around, like, as long as you find your purpose, then everything will be hey-okay. And although... I know my purpose is to deliver this soul work to you and to help you to find yourself on your own terms. I still get those down days. I still get those days where I doubt myself and I still get those days where I feel really, really confused and just wondering, okay, what is the universe doing to me right now? You might have heard people say, well, you know, God doesn't give you anything that you cannot handle. Everything is happening for you, et cetera, et cetera. And although our higher self, our intuitive self may know that, the ego kind of still goes, what the hell? And you know what? It is okay to have that reaction. Like I said, you are human. It will happen. And that is what's been going on for me the last few weeks. And with that being said, I wanted to give you a little bit of a background as to why support, why talking about mental health, why healing is so, so important. Because if I had not been in the darkest depths of despair and depression, feeling like I had absolutely no one, I wouldn't have begun to reach out and begin to explore different ways of supporting myself. Like I said in episode one, Medication didn't work for me. The typical mainstream routes to healing and support just did not work for me. There was something within me that said, maybe I'm just covering up my emotions here. And maybe the covering up of my emotions is actually what's creating even more of this resistance, even more of this this pain. So for you guys to get a really good idea of why I do what I do, but more importantly, so that you know you're not alone. I want to take you back to my childhood and what life was like for little Trudy. I was diagnosed at the age of 15, so still a kid really. I thought I knew it all. I really, really, really didn't. And I had collapsed at high school ironically, talking to a counsellor at the time. And I ended up going into having a seizure where I lost consciousness and I actually bashed my face on the way down to the floor. So I had a cutlet. And when I came round, I had no memory of what had happened. I was really disorientated, confused, embarrassed because I had a friend that was also with me in that counselling session so she had witnessed everything and I remember just being led out by 
by paramedics and my mother who actually had worked just up the road from where my school was and I was unconscious for a good 20 minutes they told me because she had had time to leave her workplace and come to me and was already there by the time I came round. That seizure then set the ball in motion if you like for lots of tests, doctor's appointments, questionnaires. They mentioned that I may have epilepsy, but it wasn't actually confirmed. And I remember thinking to myself when they said that, I hope I do have epilepsy. I really, really, really hope I have something because maybe then people will leave me alone. Maybe if I've got a diagnosis and I say that, okay, this is why I am the way I am, people will stop bullying me. They will stop looking at me like I am a freak. And I really believe that to be true. And on reflection, I knew that that belief had formed from the very basis that I didn't have parents. They were very loving, but I didn't have parents that really owned independence, that supported themselves through self-care. So self-care, boundaries, mindset, growth, none of that was ever talked about, let alone modeled to me. I grew up with two parents that were very, very hardworking, but it was like work is life. Action, action, action. And if you're not taking action, then unless you're ill, then you're kind of weak. You're useless. What good are you to society? And I know full well that society does perpetuate that bogus truth that unless you are providing then who are you and what are you so already at the young age of 15 and it even goes back earlier than that at the young age of 15 I was praying that I would be given a diagnosis that would somehow be the relief that I could then go around and pass on to so-called classmates they weren't really mates um, because I really didn't really have very many friends back then uh, that I've got epilepsy. So look, this is why I do this. And I remember saying that when I got the diagnosis, I remember saying to someone in my class, look, do you mind telling everybody that I have epilepsy? Because it, you know, just in case something happens and you'll know, et cetera, et cetera. I wasn't doing it for attention. I was truly doing it because I wanted the pain to be gone. I remember having seizures, although I didn't know it at this age. I remember having seizures from about the age of seven. But because I have a rare form of epilepsy, whereby my mouth shakes, my hands will sometimes shake as well. And I will become incredibly tired, almost kind of lost in thought and in daydream, whereby someone won't be able to kind of get my attention. You know, someone will be talking to me and I will have no recollection of what they are saying. And I remember having these seizures from about the age of seven. And this would happen about weekly. I would be in a complete daze. There were days when I would literally walk around like a zombie. I remember my mother actually using that word. Oh, Trudy, you're, you know, wake up. She would say to me quite a lot, wake up, wake up. Not realizing that I was actually having a seizure. Bear in mind, there are 70 different types of seizure. I'm not here to give you a epilepsy lesson, but I am here to tell you of the effects that that had on me 
and how spirit decided to come in and support me in that time, even though I, I wasn't aware that I was actually being supported. So I would walk around in this complete daze. The other kids would talk to me and I probably seemed really ignorant because I wouldn't respond back to them. And if I did, I'd be like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really knowing what they were saying. It was just, I was talking on autopilot. I remember one time in school, a metal door actually being shoved in my face because one of the kids couldn't get my attention because I was having a seizure. And so he slammed this iron door in front of my face. And I remember even earlier than that, that I was going into this daydream because this type of seizure, and feel free to look up absent seizures and it will give you an idea of what I was going through at that time. I would go off into this daydream, which is also like a trance state, a trance channeled state, whereby some people, and I can do this, are able to disconnect from ego, ground themselves and allow spirit to talk through them. However, there was one time when I must have only have been about seven or eight. So this had all started to begin from about the age of seven. I had to do maths. Now, I hated maths. I still hate maths. <laughs> My poor children, when they're giving me their sums and like, mom, what's this? And I'm like, uh, we didn't quite learn it that way when mummy was at school. My teacher must have tried to have been asking me a question because the next thing I know, he's slamming his meter ruler down on the table so hard and said, wake up. And I just, I, I joked back. I, I remember he also said, right, go out into the courtyard, go get some air. It wouldn't make a difference how much I tried to get some air or anything like that. It literally felt like I couldn't breathe when I was having these seizures. You know, I just, I couldn't wake up from, it's like sleepwalking. And for those of you that are listening that might have ever sleptwalked before or have been in sleep paralysis, it is like that with your eyes open. And what made it worse was that no one knew what it was. No one knew of the trauma that was beginning to actually take hold in my mind and my body because there was no support for me. I saw myself as an inconvenience because I, I couldn't respond in the way that people wanted me to respond. And it wasn't their fault. They didn't know what was going on. However, let's fast forward to the last couple of years. When you're doing the inner work, especially the inner child healing work, which is what I help facilitate my clients with, and you're reflecting back on those times that have left a scar on your soul, you begin to see things differently and you go, ah, okay, that is why I am the way I am now. That is why I think the way that I think. And that action and that thought led to that action and that thought. So I remember doing maths again. I swear it must have been the fact that I hated maths that spirit were like, oh, okay, let's just help her out here. And I didn't know that actually stress and tiredness are what can trigger a seizure. Doesn't matter what type of seizure you have, stress and tiredness can trigger one. And I was always tired and I was always stressed. So uh, there we go. <laughs> so I remember doing this maths and... I was beginning to go into that daydreamy state, that state where just everything around me became a blur. It's almost like you go cross-eyed and, the, and everything else 
just seems to be at a distance. And I began to write. I had no idea what I was writing. I had no idea of the, the context of it. I didn't know why I was writing what I was writing. I was literally just pen to paper writing. And it wasn't until my teacher, I think he had a bit of an obsession with the meter ruler to be quite honest with you, slammed the, ru the ruler down, told me to wake up, then grabbed my book to see if I'd actually been doing anything. And I remember catching the confused look on his face and not really saying anything. And he placed the, the book back down. And I remember reading, and I think it's, it's amazing that they were, you know, spirit were able to give me this little bit of assurance back then. And I didn't even realize that, that that's what it was. When something's a part of you, you don't realize that not everybody else can do it or not everybody else has it or experiences things the way that they do. But I, re I remember looking down at the, the paper and it said, I am beautiful. You are beautiful life is beautiful, the universe is beautiful, and the word beautiful just kept, you know, reiterating over and over again, and I must have written it, you know, a full paragraph of these words, and I didn't realize until I was a grown adult that, okay, that was spirit channeling through me, because I had unconsciously positioned my vibration into a state where I had disconnected from reality, that is what happens with epilepsy. You disconnect from reality. And ironically, epilepsy means to run away from the self. Looking back, I know I was running away from myself. I didn't know who I was. I was scared to be who I was. I didn't have the most loving of role models. Life was stressful. One of my earliest memories was trying to suffocate myself at the age of, of seven with a pillow because I, I so badly wanted to be listened to and understood. So that was one of my first experiences of having spirit work through me in order for me to feel love, to feel support. And I just, I just want to let you guys know that how you can tell the difference between spirit working with you, because your, your spirit guides are just an extension of you. They're an extension of your higher power. They're an extension of your intuition. They will never, ever suggest anything to you, whether it is sight visual through hearing through feelings that will undermine you make you feel fearful in a way where you have no power they will not intimidate you they will not discourage you and that's what I got I, I remember many nights I'd obviously be in bed and I'd hear footsteps and it didn't scare me it didn't worry me I knew something was going on I didn't really know what so I would just get a bit cross. I would shout in my head, go away. I want to sleep. Leave me alone. And over time, as I did that, the noise didn't come in. Because spirit were actually trying to respect my free will. So in that moment, as that little seven-year-old girl, I didn't realize I was creating a boundary. But unfortunately, I didn't know how to create boundaries with the humans in my life. You know, I grew up with a well-meaning mother that would say, if I was being bullied, just ignore them, just ignore them. And that was kind of her answer to almost everything that kind of went on in my school life. Fast forwarding to when I was 15, I was diagnosed with epilepsy on the same date within the same letter that I was diagnosed with clinical depression. And I thought that that piece of paper would make everything better. And it really 
didn't, really didn't. However, fast forwarding again, I'm nearly 30. My epilepsy has got worse because I'm incredibly stressed. I'm incredibly depressed. I'm at an all time low. I'm a single mother now to three children. My youngest is six months old and I had left my marriage. I had left a toxic marriage. I knew that I didn't want my children repeating this same pain. So in the months that followed, I was very much alone. And that led to me working with my guides, tapping in to the support and the encouragement that my guides were able to give me. And I remember the first time I ever connected with Sunny, the tears, Sunny, my spirit guide, the tears just rolled down my face. And I remember saying to myself, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. I'm not alone anymore. And I felt like I'd managed to get a little piece of magic back in my life. What I didn't expect was that my guides were here to help me with everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. So my guides actually worked with me to support me in first off, the first step was in making peace with myself and my epilepsy because I'd used my epilepsy as a crutch as an excuse to not fully embrace my power, to not step into my responsibility, to not be seen. I didn't want to be seen in case someone saw me have a seizure and they were going to judge me and go, oh, why is she doing that? Because that had happened to me before. I would be nursing. I spent 11 years in nursing. And when I would have a seizure, I would get these really confused looks from the other staff. And it just made me want to hide away. It took months for me to do my very first teaching session, to go live, to pull cards, to do readings. And somewhere in cyberspace is that first live. And I remember looking back at it a few years afterwards and the difference, you know, my head in that first live, my head was down. I was stuttering. I was slowing my words. I was apologizing. There is none of that now. None of that now. There is an inner confidence that I have that even though I have my bad days, I know that nothing can get the better of me. And that is what connecting to your guides enables you to experience, not just short term or momentary, but they work with you from the inside out. So what my guides did with me is they had to work on me making peace with my inner child. What illness, what health meant to me? How was I still keeping myself stuck because of these labels I'd placed upon myself because of my diagnoses? And from then they were able to actually give me very concrete steps as to, okay, this is what you need to do to support your physical health. And it was a long journey. I'm still going through that journey because you will find that when you begin to do the inner work and you begin to do the healing, that you kind of make peace with one layer and everything say, okay, and you're flying high and then boom, something else happens. And then, and then there's another layer. That doesn't mean to say that the healing has gone wrong or you've done something wrong or you're moving backwards. You're not. You are an expansive, expansive soul that your conscious mind cannot conceive how expansive and multidimensional and multilayered that you are. And I say that from, from doing my work in past lives and being a past life regression therapist. And that is why we take so much on because we didn't start with a clean slate when we started this lifetime. We came into this experience with everything that we've experienced before. Our soul knows that. So if you're listening to this, I want you to remember one thing, and that is anything is possible. You are possible. 
the labels that you give yourself right now, are they serving you? Are they really supporting you? Are they assisting you in being the most incredibly powerful, expansive, abundant person that you desire to be? Not that you need to be, but you desire to be because you deserve that. You deserve to give yourself that break. You deserve to give yourself that peace. You were not put on this planet, even though I know it probably feels like it sometimes. You were not put on this planet to suffer. We learn greatly from suffering. We learn empathy. We learn compassion. We even learn love. But when we constantly keep those barriers up, because we're thinking, okay, this is going to stop me from being hurt. This is going to stop me from being seen so that I won't end up feeling rejected and shamed. You end up keeping the good out as well. So I want you to think today, how can I love on myself just a bit? How can I just give myself that little bit more relief? How can I remind myself in gratitude, actually, I'm doing blooming amazing. And that is good enough. That is good enough for now. I will leave that there for now, guys. And as always, I'm sending you all my love, all of my support. Know that your guides, your angels, and your past loved ones are always with you, even if sometimes it doesn't feel like it, they are. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please like, subscribe, and I will speak to you all soon. Bye for now, everybody.